0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas, and I'll be your host. And this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping, and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is episode 66. So if you head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash 066, you'll get all the show notes from today's amazing interview with Neil Asher from Aussie Online Entrepreneurs who joins me this week. Uh, I actually had another issue with some sound quality because my normal software didn't work, so we had to switch to Zoom. So there's actually a Zoom video recording of this actual podcast in the Australian Seller Facebook group, so if you head over to the Australian dot forward slash Facebook, you'll be able to watch me and Neil have a little chatty. So today we started, sort of chatted about how he got started selling on Amazon and how he failed at his first attempt. He actually lost money in his first year, but he, you know, dusted himself off, and that's the kind of tenacity that you need when you're running an Amazon business, certainly when you're starting out. And now he's created like a multi-million dollar Amazon empire. I think that's only the best way to describe it, spanning all of Amazon's English-speaking marketplaces. So, you know, we're talking Amazon USA, we're talking Canada, we're talking Australia and even India. So we dived into India because I don't know anybody that sells in India apart from him. So we talked about what it actually takes to set up in Amazon India and how he's able to to sort of get going there and how the marketplaces work for him. And he also talks about how he drives super cheap traffic from YouTube to his Amazon listings, which is also a fascinating um, little topic in and of itself. Um, and of course, we also talk about Amazon Australia. And of course, if you need some private coaching, if you've done an Amazon course or you're in the middle of an Amazon course with somebody else, or indeed you're just starting out, please ship me a message over at chris at christomas.com.au. So that's chris at christomas.com.au and we can have a little chat and see how you're going or if you like and lots of people are doing this which is really awesome just head over to book my time over on my calendar which you can find over at Seller.com forward slash Chris now of course uh, India early bird discounts will be ending at the end of July so book now people and you can do that by heading over to Megla's new fantastic website which is over at www.indiasourcingtrip that's all one word indiasourcingtrip.com and actually, last week I joined Megla on a webinar, which you can also watch over on my Facebook group page by heading over to the Australian forward slash Facebook. Almost 600 members now, which is pretty cool. And, uh, and I actually showed how one Amazon seller has built a really simple store selling draw knobs, of all things. So draw handles. Um, and, and this seller has created a little brand, and it's doing around about $27,000 a month, just selling draw knobs and handles. And a lot of these draw knobs and handles looked as though they'd actually come from India. So... Uh, that's just one example of literally thousands of types of products unique products that you can source from india so i urge you to come along with me and also tim jordan who was back on episode 57 i think and many many others uh, who will all be there and we'll all be masterminding and we'll all be sourcing and looking for incredible products and having the trip and experience of a lifetime over in india anyway i'll stop talking now so indulge me with a few seconds of music and let's hear from neil asher And welcome back to another episode of the Australia Seller Podcast today. I am thrilled to welcome Neil Asher from Aussie Online Entrepreneurs onto the Australia Seller Podcast. Neil, thanks so much for coming on the show. Tell us where you are because this is really cool. And, uh, and tell us how you got started selling on Amazon.
1: Holy shit. Oh, that's my first one. Okay, so uh, I will clearly do a terrible job of moderating my language. So where am I? Currently, uh, we split our time between uh, Lisbon, mm-hmm. Portugal, and uh, Australia in uh, in Manly in New South Wales. So nice. we spent our time between there. We kind of chased the sun around. And so currently, I'm in I'm in Europe for the uh, for the European summer.
0: Right, absolutely, it just so, sounds amazing. Yeah, a nice week. So uh, and then in terms of just selling on Amazon or just in e-commerce in general, um, how did you? What sort of got you started in dipping a toe into that world? What were you doing even before that?
1: Uh, well, I was Um, and still kind of am, I guess, a uh, digital marketing. So i come from a reasonable kind of digital marketing background. Mm -hmm. I built a big uh, digital marketing agency, which is just a fancy way of saying that we build websites and do traffic generation for folks. Uh, So we built a big digital marketing agency and uh, had offices in different parts of the world and stuff like that, which is kind of cool. And I got to the point where the business was really boring. Uh, I outsourced a lot of it. And uh, had a lot of team members working for me, and just my partners in the different locations were working there. Mm-hmm. And so the business was reasonably boring, and I was kind of also looking at the, the next phases of my own life as well. The business was incredibly labor-intensive for me personally, mm-hmm. and uh, I've got two daughters that I wanted to spend more time with. And so I was looking around for different ways of creating an income for myself, while mm-hmm. still having some fun, but also getting the opportunity to travel the world and to spend a lot more time with my daughters. I didn't want to end up with one of those dads where you kind of never, ever got to see them. Yep. Uh, I wanted to spend time with my kids. So that was the impetus for it. And then why Amazon? Well, I had a mate of mine who uh, who was selling on Amazon. and mm-hmm. he it was like, oh, you've got to come and try that. It's awesome. You know, it's bloody brilliant. You'll do it. It'll be great. You with your digital marketing background, you'll crush it on yeah. Amazon. <laughs> yep. I thought, cool, why not? I'll give it a go. And uh, true to form, it was an unmitigated disaster. When uh, was I it? I did terribly. It was an absolute unmitigated disaster. Nothing went right. I, I used all of my digital marketing background, and I've come from an uh-huh. affiliate marketing background as well. Uh-huh. I used all that on Amazon. And, of course, it's totally different. Uh-huh. The whole thing is totally different. Uh-huh. And so, uh, yeah, it didn't work at all. And I thought, holy do, do it this is going to be a terrible experience to I me. Mean, I need to fix something else
0: but, and uh, okay yeah, yeah. okay,
1: and so I, I looked at it and and I spoke with the, one of my business partners a guy called Mark, Matt Duggan who's in the UK and I said you know that's really embarrassing and he was relentlessly you know paying me out about it and we had a look at it and we looked at the way that the search in Amazon works mm-hmm. and Once we'd done that and had a look at the way search worked and we understood the way that search worked, then it kind of gave me a whole new lease of life on Amazon. And then we looked at it again and I put some more things up but with different research processes. Mm -hmm. And they worked reasonably well. I mean, in my first year, I lost money on Amazon. Yep. But I thought there's definitely a spark of opportunity. So I carried on with it. And now it's doing, uh, now it does very well.
0: So when was when was the first sort of crack at Amazon? Like what year was this? Are we talking? Oh, six years ago. Oh, okay. So we're back in 2013 or so at the time of recording yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I actually started in 2015. And I think I've got a fairly similar background to you in that I ran a search agency for seven years for someone else. Like I was actually a general manager. Um, and uh yeah, that was a global kind of thing, and I had lots of staff. I was totally stressed out. I think actually um, it almost had a mental breakdown at the end, and then we ended up in Hong, Hong Kong, and that's when I decided right that's it i'm going to um I'm going to you know create an e-commerce business and uh, well, I didn't create one. I already had one, but it was a sort of a part time thing, and I wanted to go full time on it, and that's uh, it's been a lot of fun since then but for a lot of the same reasons, so you know I've got kids and I've got a wife, and you know I just want to spend a lot more time with them and yeah, so I totally get that
1: um. Might as well that you're, because for me, one of the things which was very embarrassing at the time, coming from an entrepreneurial background where, you know, I thought my my poo did not stink as far as digital marketing. went. I thought I had it completely nailed, you know what I mean? And then to go yeah. into something and just see how utterly different it was, was really very humbling, but also really fascinating for me because it, I felt like, wow, this is going to be...
0: yeah. Like, learning curve how exciting Get some, it's going to be a massive learning curve did you have a similar kind of thing? yeah yeah well the thing was that you know i had been messing around with google and adwords and you know seo and facebook ads you know as i started to come out and then yeah to jump on amazon it was it was kind of like google back in i don't know 2003 or 4 like it was quite a simple search engine to game at the time once i'd sort of figured that out i remember watching the launch videos for this, um, for the amazing selling machine. I think it was around mid 2013. Um, at, but I was right in the middle of a Kickstarter project and busy raising some money around a project that I was running at the time. It was actually a, pro- a product that I ended up selling on Amazon later um, quite successfully. But, um, and I just didn't quite have the time to, to do that very first amazing selling machine course which I, I kind of look back on now and regret because I've got a lot of friends like Matt Matt Hodge and a few others that, um, that have been through those early ASMs and that, that sort of era of 2013, 2014, and even in 2015, possibly even to 2016, you know, that era of sellers that sort of got on that early when it was really easy. There were nuggets sitting all over the place that they're just picking up and just selling like silicon spatulas or you know, things that you wouldn't even look at today, yeah. just came just absolutely bonkers. Yeah. So, um, what sort of are you? Do you have like a brand of a store, or do you just sort of just chuck anything in Amazon? And and, you know, or are you very themed and tightly sort of categorized in terms of how you sell
1: a little bit of both? So, um, we have definitely got brands that we're selling on Amazon, and uh, we work those brands and take them into different territories and different marketplaces. And we've had success with that, but then we also have. Single products, whether that's through products that we're actually putting on there just to test out, or through uh, products that just seem like a really good idea, you know, and we want to kind of put them on. We don't have a, we don't necessarily have a, a long-term brand strategy for them, but we can see a short, certainly a short-term, medium-term money-making opportunity there that we'll go after yeah. for sure. Yeah. So a little bit of both, and it also depends on the marketplace as well. So all of our more established brands tend to be in English-speaking marketplaces, simply because it's easier for us to build them out through social media and things like that. Mm -hmm. So because we're English-speaking, it enables us to focus a lot more on them, whereas with our other non-English-speaking marketplaces, it's a little bit more complex, and so they tend to favor, only because of our limited languages, they tend to favor that more kind of, here's a great product, it's going to work really, really well. Let's put it up and then just go hell for leather, sending all the right traffic to it.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So English-speaking marketplaces, I'm assuming, then we've got the UK, we've got America, we've got uh, Canada and okay. Australia. Are they probably the big four for you? Well, or in well, India. India, India,
1: India. Well.
0: well, let's talk about India. Yeah. Because, uh, I've got a, a sourcing tour that I'm going to be heading off on in October and I will be in India sort of, you know, hopefully sourcing some new products and maybe even building a brand or two out there, but we'll see how we go in terms of how that trip pans out but setting up in India and selling in India is not something that uh, anybody that I know has done so can we talk about that because I'd love to sort of just dive in and learn a little bit about the process sure. of of how you've been able to do that
1: yeah uh, well you know fundamentally it it ought to be particularly when you have come from such an easy um, place like Australia to sort of a business you, you go into these new marketplaces thinking they're all going to be similar to, to set up Mm. But the, tr- the truth is that their bureaucracy moves at a glacial place. <laughs> it is glacial. And what takes, you know, you can set a business up, a PTO oil LTV company in a couple of hours in Australia.
0: Uh, uh.
1: Well, that's a six-month process in India.
0: Holy God.
1: Yeah, And it's not even the hardest part of, of that, the process. The, the actual setting up the business side of things is actually fairly simple. It's just getting the right people on your team, mm-hmm. Uh, finding a director who's a resident of India and is living in India. How did you you do that? How did you find a director? So they've got, just like they have in Australia, they've got an institute of company directors. And uh, we just approached the institute of company directors Mm -hmm. looking for a proxy director. This is the business we're going, here's our business plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Looking for somebody basically just to sit there and do nothing whilst we build this business and just look after the... Um,
0: Administrative um, slash regulatory side of, yeah, all that. Um, so even that
1: side of things you don't really get them to look after because the, the way they operate is they have company secretaries and it's right. very, very segmented in terms okay. of who does what. Yep. In, in Australia, you have somebody doing pretty much everything. In India, well, that is your job. And yep. If you've ever worked with Indian outsourcers, you'll know this only too well. Yep. That is your job. That's what you're gonna do. And that, that within that limits of that confines, that's the parameters you work within, and you don't go outside those parameters. Well, so it's exactly the same. No matter how far up you go up the hierarchy, it's exactly the same. So you have to have team members who are commensurate with the different functions within the business.
0: That makes sense. So what about then the investment that is required to to sort of start an entity in India that then enables you to on go or you know, sort of get get going in terms of setting up on Amazon there?
1: It's about the equivalent of uh, two thousand Australian dollars, something like that. Uh, so it's not. Yeah, and to the setup process as well is actually fairly cheap relative to the um, opportunity that it presents. So it probably costs you from from our end, you're looking at somewhere around about fifteen hundred dollars or up to get yourself in to set up there. Yeah, uh, and then from their end, in terms of costs and things like that, plus the money you've got to have over there, it's about two thousand Australian dollars. Okay. Uh, which is not insignificant, but it's certainly in the grand scheme of things. You know, it's not, it's not a massive investment for people. But the, the hardest part of setting up in India, weirdly, is the banking. Getting the bank account open is, mm. is strangely the hardest thing about getting set up in India. Nobody's come up with a, a simple solution to get um, mm. rupee the currency out of, out of India and into Australia. In a way that fits in with this notion of having a um, uh, an entity outside of India controlling the entity within India. So there's still a lot of paranoia, I think, within their within their processes about how that happens. So so that's the hardest part about the banking about the actual yeah. setup itself. The rest is just it's a pain in the bum to wait that long to get things done. But yeah. it does move on. But the banking side of things, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty tough. That was a hard. Part.
0: So I'm actually thinking then that so what you're saying is that Amazon India is is kind of like Amazon Australia. If you don't have a domestic bank account or you don't have a service like an OFX or a Pioneer that can accept or you know act as, a, as either a, an on the ground or virtual bank account in the country, Amazon won't do its currency conversion thing. You know when you sometimes when you're in the US and you can you can withdraw US dollars back into your Australian bank account. You know I'm assuming that India doesn't have that that facility or Amazon India doesn't.
1: No, it doesn't. And it's interesting you mentioned the pioneer thing. So World First are working on a solution for that. Right. But right now they don't have anything. So it's kind of a bit of the dark ages as far as banking goes. Now, now a lot of people look at that and they go, well, that's just too hard. That's that's too difficult. I'm not going to get involved in that. There's plenty of other marketplaces out there. So I'll just go after them. And for me, that's awesome. I'm like, stick with that thought process. That's great for you to have that. Because the reality is, selling in India, whilst it's actually difficult to get started, it's a brilliant marketplace to sell in. They absolutely love, a lot like the Chinese love. They love the idea, the cachet that products from outside of India present. Mm-hmm. There's a huge middle class, more millionaires in India than there are people in New South Wales. There are clearly a lot of people, you know, who live in a, underneath the poverty line, mm-hmm. but there also are a lot of people with a lot of money there. So it's a mm-hmm. good opportunity.
0: So. Well, that, that, that sort of leads me to the next question is the products that you sell in India, are they Indian products, Chinese products, Australian products? Like, Where, where do you mainly source from and how do you, what's your sort of sourcing philosophy in terms of selling in India?
1: So far, the products that have worked really well for us are Australian made products that mm-hmm. so we work with um, companies in Australia Mm-hmm. For instance, uh, I'll talk about other countries in a second, but we work with countries in Australia and we'll say to them, hey, have you got, do you want to have distribution into India? Nice. And for those folks who are entrepreneurs, the mentality is grow, grow, grow. And so it's, a, you know, if we can provide the distribution and we can provide the, the path to market for them, mm. then they're very, very happy to get into business with us and we become their distributors in India based on some KPIs that we put in place. But basically, that's it. We're we're distributing other people's products into the Indian market. We're not really private labeling as much because no. what we're trying to do is leverage off other people's brilliant hard work they've done, mm. uh, building their own brand, building their own uh, mm. products that have been tested, etc., and then mm. leveraging that, taking them into that into that specific marketplace, and selling them over there. That's so really we'll cool. that with, we'll Yeah, that
0: it sounds a bit like um, kind of like a Tmall, you know, where you've created the window into the marketplace through the, through the Amazon store, right. Or, into, yeah. you know, literally into the country and a lot of like I know Australia Post, and there's a, there's a handful of other Australian companies that have actually created quite expensive mall accounts into China. And then, you know, brands sort of basically squeeze themselves into these, you know, these stores and then, and out to the, uh, out to the Chinese marketplace. And it sounds like you've done exactly the same thing, of course, yeah, running through Amazon, through your own store there, and then, you know, having all these brands, uh, you know, coming through and selling their stuff directly to the Indian marketplace through Amazon. It's really clever.
1: Well, I'd love to take the credit the, the, um, the <laughs> for that. Of course, but it's not my idea. I actually stole the idea from a company over in America called ETails. So, um, yeah, I know the guy them. That runs that.
0: Yeah, I think I know them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the guy that runs that is a, It used to be a mastermind that I was in. Uh, I, lo- I know that he sold his business for $86 million. That, of course, was interesting. As For <laughs> yep. any entrepreneur, I went, what? And, and I just thought, well, what a brilliant idea. You know, you you work, you get to work with mm. these awesome produ- product producers, and mm. they don't really want to sell their product per se. What they want to do is produce their product. They love their product. They want to produce their product. Mm. They really get into that. And you, and you get to be their distribution channel. It's super cool. I really get a a huge thrill out of it. It's something we're looking at rolling out into other marketplaces. India right now is doing very well, but we're looking to roll that
0: out to other places too. That's so clever. Look, you know, I mean, I I help uh, some Australian companies as well to sell their products onto Amazon US, but I use a kind of a different model in that I help them set up their Amazon seller accounts in the US in particular. I haven't gone into any other marketplaces yet, except for Australia. Um, But, yeah, just sort of actually get them to set up their own sort of branded store and then I'll work with them to get all their inventory out of Australia, wherever they're getting it made from. Sometimes it's from China into the, you know, in space of the standard FBA sort of process and then just take a small commission on each sale, um, you know, sort of creating like a recurring income. It's a little bit scalable. So if I can help them grow their business in the US or another marketplace, then I, I get a bit of a, you know, I get to clip the ticket. Uh, and yes. if I don't succeed, then I don't sort of, you know, I, I don't eat what I kill because there's nothing to eat. Um, nothing's been killed. But, um, yeah, that's that's a really clever model. Maybe that's something I should look at.
1: It's, I mean, I love your model too because, you know, there's there's zero real downside for you as long as you're getting paid on the front end to do all the setup work. I mean, yeah. there's really zero downside for you. Uh, our model is a little riskier in that we don't, there is no setup cost for us. Um, but we have got the exclusive distributor, distribution rights within that territory. So we've got an asset, a sellable yeah. asset. We've got the shop front, which again is a sellable asset. And so that particular business is is being built with the, with the attitude of, well, let's build an asset that's an sellable asset and then exit that business you know, at, at whatever point in the future. So it's a different model, but two ways of getting to the same point.
0: Sounds like a perfect segue then into exits. Have you exited a, an Amazon business or any other business? I mean, obviously you had the, the search, uh, the, the digital marketing agency business. Um, yeah. Talk to me about that and what's the process there and how are you gearing up these businesses um, in terms of end in mind stuff where you're looking to exit at some point, like what's your strategy around that and how do you, how do you dress them up for sale?
1: Um, well, we just actually exited the business uh, recently mm-hmm. uh, you know, Amazon's got this whole thing about they don't want you to sell sell your business. So you can't switch the ownership of the business. And so what you have to do, of course, is to set up your business on the at the very, very beginning in such a way that it's easy to transfer. Mm-hmm. PTY or TV company is the easiest way of doing that, of course. Yeah. And then make sure that everything within your seller central account is company related rather than individually related. Mm-hmm. So everything goes through just what we call getting your ducks in a row, making sure that everything's set up properly, which yeah. in truth is what you would do ordinarily for any business anyway. Mm. Uh, as far as the setup process is, so that's your setup, and then to keep you really just keep things separate within it. So one of the things that we have done, and you would know this from your agency days, mm. one of the things we, we do that is kind of naughty, I guess, on Amazon, but we, we've had great success doing it, is we set up competing businesses Mm. so we're selling spatulas for instance then we'll set up three amazon seller central accounts all selling spatulas but slightly different hot points of spatulas and then we'll run those three different businesses so that when we're looking to what we're looking to do is dominate the serps and when anybody searches for silicon spatulas one two three well they're all our products so it doesn't really matter what we're getting paid for them so we started with that mindset which comes from our affiliate marketing mm. and my affiliate marketing days and that overlaid onto selling a business works really, really well because what you end up with is a separate entity that can that has its own persona, its own brand, it's doing its own thing and it's easily transferable. The, the biggest problem that I've found with selling Amazon businesses is, is selling them at the right time. There's no shortage of buyers. In yeah, fact, that's... Market is growing year on year crazily. Mm. One of the guys who was in the Aussie online entrepreneurs, he used to be the CEO of Flipper, which is a big business selling website, which you've probably heard of. I know. Uh, yeah, mm. I've, so, had,
0: I've had Holly on from from Flipper actually interviewed on the show. Yeah, so we've and they've actually oh, very kindly true. helped some meetups here in Melbourne too. So yeah, I know oh, them right. very very well. Yeah.
1: So. Um, you know, he, he says that the way that their business was scaling out, Flip was scaling out, they were seeing a huge shift towards Amazon business being sold. So there's no shortage of buyers for these businesses. Mm. What there's a shortage of is well set up businesses that are being sold at the right time. That's what there's a shortage of. So yeah. for us, it's always a thing of, you know, you try and maximize your exit point to get maximum value for yourself, but you've also got to leave some in there That's right. for the for the business. You can't, you know, sell the, the last few gasps on the cigar. You can't sell that. You can't That's, sell that.
0: No, it's funny. A couple of years ago, I actually looked to sell my business through Empire Flippers um, and I didn't do it. And I, I'm kind of regretting it at moment. but the the interesting thing was that the main guy that wanted to buy my business, a guy called Ace Chapman. And he asked me, what would the three things be if you weren't selling a business that you would do to grow it? And that was actually a really telling question that I thought back on later I said, "Look, I'm probably expanding to Europe, and uh, you know, I was working on some some new product ideas with a with a supplier in China, and and I think there was one other thing. I can't remember what the third thing was, but um, but the thing was that he was just like you were saying was looking for is this the last gasp on the cigar, or, or is there a way that we can move forward and grow the business? And um, you know, uh, so and he's actually a really interesting guy in that the way that he works is that he's got a lot of high net worth individuals on so the right hand side where, where who are investing." Uh, some money with him directly and he just acts sort of like a broker in the middle and then he's got an operational team of amazon experts on the left hand side that take the businesses that he buys from people like us and then that what they do their job then is to grow those businesses and then and then exit them within about you know 12 to 2 12 months to four, 24 months for you know a multiple of 1x 1.5x to 2x or higher if they can get it so you know um just a really smart guy. I'm actually sort of looking at that model at the moment. I'm wondering if I can set that up myself because it's a much easier place to be than in the, you know, in the trenches of, of setting up Amazon businesses and running them and growing them from scratch and all that fun stuff. So I
1: love that because it kind of plays into the a couple of my friends do a lot of mergers and acquisitions. And so it kind of plays into that where you're raising capital. Yeah. I've done Amazon businesses myself, but not in that kind of model. Mm. And then you that capital to go and acquire things. One thing that we found, um, which is really, really important with the sale of things, just to come back to what you were saying about yeah. things you do, is uh, systems, but replicatable systems into other territories. Everybody wants to grow their businesses. Everybody wants to feel that they, they've got some blue sky there. Yeah. And so once you've actually got uh, replicatable systems whereby you can actually say, well, here's the marketing that we do for this particular Amazon business in this particular marketplace, and let's just suppose we're running, I don't know, Google ads or Facebook ads or YouTube ads or something like that to it, and we're running that through well, either through affiliate links so we can track it or through coupon codes so we can track it, whatever the tracking method is. Well, we can then say, well, look, these are the stats. These, we know if we put in X dollars here, yeah. we can turn that X dollars into X plus whatever x and y here as a result of that marketing so here's what we were able to do in australia with that model so now what we been looking to do is scale that out into america or india or the uk whatever it may be mm. and look at the difference here between the traffic that we're able to buy in australia and the traffic we can buy in america and the traffic we can buy in the uk and if we scale that out Mr. Pers- prospective Customer, then here's what you can expect to get based on the models that we've already built. So that's that's one way we work with that.
0: That's really smart. It works um, really well. Talk to me about how you use social. You know, I think you mentioned Facebook. You use, you, um, you mentioned YouTube. How do you use those platforms to drive? I'm assuming traffic into your Amazon stores and and or you know either the store or the trap or the products themselves that live within it. Like, what's your strategy around that?
1: Uh, we've got a few different strategies. Um, depends on the product. That will really dictate the strategy, you know. So, but let's just take something which is working, like, unbelievably well at the minute, which is YouTube. Mm-hmm. So, YouTube and the YouTube marketing we're doing, it's, it's you know, you, you talked about Google back in the day being such, like, the wild, wild west. Well, YouTube still is the wild, wild west as far as being able to acquire customers, very, very cheap to these Amazon businesses because right now there's an inordinate amount of um, uh, space available for let, as it were, for advertising. Yeah, and not many people asking to rent that space out. So, what that does, as it does in many marketplaces, is it drives prices down. Yeah. So, right now you can acquire um, ad space super cheap on youtube simply by virtue of the fact that not many people are actually going after that ad space so it's it's a very very forgiving traffic source because because it's so cheap you don't need to be an expert to get a great result you can kind of be a beginner and put something up and you know it's an old maxim in advertising that you can put the the worst uh, marketing message in front of great people and you'll make sales. But if you put the best marketing message in front of terrible people, you'll never ever make sales. It's kind of like trying to sell, you know, dog leads to cat lovers. It's never <laughs> ever going to sell. No matter how good your marketing is, yeah. it's never going to work. And so YouTube's the same. YouTube allows us through Google, through analytics to target um, people. You can also do remarketing. So if you can get your customers' email addresses, you can remarket them on YouTube. <laughs> And um, what we're doing is we're we're running two basic campaigns, mm-hmm. which do very, very well. Uh, the first campaign, we run a video view campaign. And that's where we set up a video and we'll look to have, say, a 90 to 120 second long video talking about the product. Typically, it's, it's laid out in a kind of video sales letter format yeah. with somebody with a face talking to camera. Mm-hmm. Hey, have you, do you ever, are you interested in bass fishing? Would you like to learn more about bass fishing? There's nothing better when you're a bass fisherman than sitting down with your buddies, drinking a beer or two. Yeah. If you agree, watch the rest of this video and I'm going to show you how to improve your bass fishing and, and you, know, you can mock your mates mercilessly, that kind of thing. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So a couple of interesting things with that. The way that YouTube currently works is their ad view for an ad is when you pay for an ad an ad view mm-hmm. but an ad impression just like on any other platform you don't pay well turns out that uh, that they don't start counting a view until 30 seconds into the video being so you get 30 seconds of free where you can talk about your product and basically qualify your customer so your first 30 seconds it's all qualification mm-hmm. if, you, if you don't like what i've got to say skip the video you would have seen those skip things yeah. well as long as you skip a video within the first 30 seconds the person whose video it is doesn't pay so that's free for them okay. so you're only paying after 30 seconds which is just when you think about it it's gold it's absolute it's gold so they're pretty qualified at that point i mean they've
0: been through the video to that point i mean they're pretty ready they're pretty it sounds like they're pretty red hot and ready to rock and roll
1: that's right, if you've done a good job in your video, yeah. you basically, you've done all the pre-qualification, after that, you're yeah. doing all the selling, and then all you're doing is saying, here's where you go to buy.
0: Talk to me about the production though, like do you hire people to do do you do it yourself? Like how do you, who shoots a vid? How do you get this scripted up and shot and?
1: iPhone. Stuff? iPhone, iPhone like- is, is the thing, you want to make it, uh, what we would think of as incredibly low production values. Yeah. Uh, there's really a shift towards authenticity. Yeah. Uh, And because of that, um, you just want to be yourself on screen with an iPhone, kind of holding it, looking into it. That consistently outperforms a model doing a a talk to camera, consistently. Mm -hmm. And if you're feeling a little bit shy and you're not even like, I couldn't put myself on on camera, that's never ever going to work, then a voiceover of a PowerPoint Mm -hmm. works half as well, but it still works. But it's It's half as well. You know, yeah. so if you're a little bit shy, then, then that will work too. And as I said, it's a very forgiving platform yeah. simply because of all the, the space available. Yeah. it's so cheap. We get we get clicks. What you what we think of as click for two yeah. cents. Yeah, now, that's crazy. Two cents a click. It's just nuts. I mean, yeah. if you can't, if you can't make sales at two cents a click, there's something seriously wrong with your product.
0: Give up. Um, speaking of advertising and cheap clicks and stuff like that, why don't we just switch gears and talk about Amazon Australia? Because they've recently launched the advertising in Amazon Australia or sponsored ads. Um, yeah. it's pretty limited, but I've already, I mean, I've, I set it up as soon as it started, obviously. Cause you know, first to market stuff and supply and demand. there's a lot of, there's, there's, you know, plenty of supply and no demand, but, um, that's a really bad analogy, by the way. I um, just parked that. But uh, but what I found was like that my clicks are around about $0.02 cents each. I mean, it's just ridiculously cheap to advertise on Amazon, Amazon Australia. Is that something that you've, you've had a crack
1: at as well? Or? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, that's great. $0.02 cents a click is awesome. You've done yeah. great job with that setup, clearly. Um, yeah, it's, it's like anything, you know, and you would know this. If it's that first-to-market thing. You want to – Amazon's an interesting search engine because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in many ways. Once you start making sales, Amazon's all based on your sales and sales driven, although this shifts towards some other things right now, but but for the most part, it's based on how much you sell. Once you start making sales, it moves you up the rankings. Once you move up the rankings, you make more sales. Once you're making more sales, you get more reviews. Once you get more reviews, you make more sales. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So It's the flywheel. a, A part of anybody's marketing mix to be using Amazon PPC for sure.
0: Yeah. So, how are you finding Amazon Australia? Obviously, you're selling here, um, well, from there in Portugal. But um, what was what's your experience like? Did you jump on early with Amazon Australia? Do you have any sort of um, tips about you know sort of ways and strategies that you use to to promote or sell products in yeah. Amazon Australia?
1: Well, it's uh, it's kind of it is definitely a mixed bag, Amazon mm-hmm. Australia. So some things that I mean, right now, as far as our as our marketplaces, we sell in. It's the fastest growing marketplace that we're in. Wow, that sounds great for me to say that. But the, but you know, you can be the fastest growing and still not making much money. You know, so there is you know, it has to be taken with a liberal grain of salt. Mm. But I do I do see you know, medium to long term great potential for Amazon Australia. It's not making as loads and loads of money by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we what we 're doing and what we continue to do is to invest into it because you know once you 've secured that real estate on Amazon then all you're, all, all you 're doing is just waiting for the waiting for the customers to start coming and amazon 's got a very good knack of dominating marketplaces it 's a pretty solid bet to make on on the business that they 're doing yes. so yeah. You know, for, for us, it's not, it's not amazingly profitable. Well, it is profitable, but it's not amazingly in terms of the amount of money we make.
0: Yeah, yeah. But
1: it's the fastest is growing. We continue to invest into it. I continue to think that it's the best opportunity right now in all the marketplaces, certainly the English-speaking marketplaces. I think it's still the best opportunity on all.
0: Excellent answer. It's funny you should say that because I'm sort of th- saying things like, you know, oil diffusers. Now, that's not a product that you would go anywhere near in a heartbeat, no matter how experienced a seller you were in the United States, or indeed just about any other marketplace, but in Australia, you know, I've just been just just for fun. I was just watching the oil diffuser market in Australia, and you know, these top sellers now are up to I think they're almost up to 500 reviews. I mean, that is talk about building a moat. I mean, these guys started with nothing; they started with no reviews like everybody else, but they've invested and invested and invested in the platform, and are just you know like in a lot of these really competitive and what were normally saturated marketplaces or, or categories in other marketplaces. Um, yeah. It's kind of like there's a lot of flag planting going on on Amazon Australia. Um, so yeah, I,
1: I think, there's I, think of, uh, I, mean, I think the idea of building the moat is really, really cool. One thing that we have done that's worked really, really well for us is we go to, every other marketplace and look at their bestsellers list. So we've got a piece of software that scrapes this data. Mm -hmm. So we go to the marketplace in America and look at the bestsellers in all categories, in all different nodes. So we'll look at all of those Mm -hmm. and then we'll take that, go to the UK, do it again. What's the bestseller in this category? What's the bestseller in this category, et cetera, et cetera. Look at all the different nodes. We do that in all marketplaces and then any product, that is consistently across all different marketplaces is a bestseller mm-hmm. right now. That is a crazy good opportunity here in Australia. That's a crazy exactly. good opportunity here in Australia. Yes. So it's interesting you refer to that, you know, the, the thing that we, nobody would have like yoga mats. You'd never go near yoga mats, you know, not in a million years, but here in Australia, well, that's actually not a bad idea. That's not a great, you know, it's not, it's not a bad idea to go for that because you can build that moat. Yeah. You can get that real estate. Yeah.
0: You bet. Um, one of my previous guests on the show was uh, Liz Cassidy from FBA Prep Australia. And she obviously, does, well, not obviously, but she does a lot of, um, she has a prep house here in, I think it's up in Sydney. And she has a lot of products coming in from overseas that she prepares and then on ships into Amazon. And um, yeah, she, she's also saying that she's seeing a lot of, you know, international sellers, domestic sellers, sending a lot more inventory to her to, to on ship into FBA. Um, And what she said is that, um, you know, when she started out, it was a pretty risky kind of thing to do. I'd set up a prep house. I mean, obviously in other countries all over Europe and all over America, you know, there there are heaps of prep centers that help you, you know, store and label up and prep prep your inventory and send it in. She was one of the first here in Australia. What she said was that, you know, in her experience, the growth curve um, in any Amazon marketplace, if you ever ever look at the, the financials of Amazon, it's always been this sort of flat line at the bottom, you know, sort of just, ticking along and then it goes exponential and she reckons it's just coming to the beginning of the exponential and i think just on that that we're also seeing amazon working really hard to acquire new customers here in australia we've got prime day coming up this is a big big thing for amazon australia to get as many customers as possible through and becoming prime members and so their push on attracting more customers has been a huge focus for them i think they're kind of parking the we're not we don't think we quite need merchants yet but well, you know, it's sort of a separate thing, but they sort of started with that, but now they're really pushing hard on their customer acquisition. And that, I think, is if they can really nail that, that piece of the pie, that's when Amazon Australia should really take off. And if you've done the hard yards to this point, got yourself a few reviews your about ranking well, um, I think you could you could do really well. Yeah, we'll see. I, I like that.
1: And that, that kind of anecdotal evidence, I find... Uh, really fascinating about what's happening not just with Amazon but you know in the broader marketplace as well. Yeah. I find this stuff really, really fascinating. I've got a little tip for you for Amazon Prime Day. Of Bring, it.
0: Bring it on.
1: All right, so here's the deal. Here. So we know from looking at the search engine results page and looking at how things rank that the day you do a product launch on on Amazon, if you combine outside traffic Facebook, Google, YouTube, whatever it might be, yep. with that watch, you get, on average, an additional 50% boost in where your product lands in the service. So clearly, Amazon likes outside traffic, and that would speak to what you were saying about new customer acquisition for Amazon. Amazon saying, if you bring us new customers for Prime, then we'll reward you with a higher ranking in the service, and that just makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, with that in mind... Given that um, when you do a launch, you get a good boost on your first day. Within the 20, first 24 hours of your launch, you get a big boost. That's when your main boost comes. Yep. What we're doing with Prime now is instead of running our prime campaigns, starting on the 15th, for instance, mm-hmm. we actually launch a pre-prime sale on the 14th. Mm-hmm. And we have all of our advertising in place. Uh, to launch on the 14th rather than the 15th, and we're actually finding what that does is it bumps up your product in the search engine ranks, and then on Prime Day you're already ranking really, really well, and yep. you can get that self-fulfilling prophecy again. So a pre-Prime sale mm-hmm. is a brilliant strategy on Amazon for Prime, rather than doing what everybody else does, which is yep. doing Prime sales. Exactly, we do a sale, mm-hmm. and we get cheaper clicks. Everything's cheaper.
0: Yeah, that's really clever. It's sort of, um, uh, you know, just around like seasonal items, for example, when you've got like a Halloween type product. And now's probably the time to kind of rank a product like that because no one's searching for a Halloween candle or whatever, you know, whatever it is that you want to sell. But, um, you know, so because there's such low traffic volume, there's such low interest that so it's very easy to rank. And then when when that season comes on, when Halloween really starts to kick into gear, you know, if, you're, if you can get yourself ranked early, or just before, in your case, it sounds very sort of just in time, but, um, but equally as effective because then you just kick back and relax and enjoy the show as the, as the traffic just you know, piles in, right? That's really clever. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah nice. Well. Yeah, that's it, awesome. It well. it's, a, it's, it's cheaper as well. We're all for, hey, what's cheap, but gets maximum bang for the buck. And that's because nobody else, everybody else goes, okay, 15th, that's when we set all our ads going. Well, ads costs spike crazily mm-hmm. at that time. So that's the time when you actually don't want to be spending money on ads when everybody else is spending money on ads. And so if you do your pre-launch, you don't need to spend that money on ads as much because you've got organic search happening for yourself.
0: Mm. Yeah, really nice tip. Hey, um, we're coming close to the end here. I just wanted to maybe ask you a little bit about Aussie online entrepreneurs. Um, Talk to me about that and, yeah, what's happening there?
1: Uh, We've been going for about three years. It's a community of um, Australians all selling things on Amazon. Most of us are selling on Amazon in Australia, uh, in America as well. We let a few Kiwis in as well every now and again uh, to keep things interesting. (laughs) And uh, it's just a really great group of people who are all doing the same thing, building their businesses at different phases of the business building process Mm -hmm. from complete beginners to folks who are making six figures, seven figures, eight figures in some instances, wow. selling things from Amazon. Yeah. Uh, we offer helps heaps of help and support. We keep folks up to date with what's happening on Amazon, give them great tips, like some of the things we've shared today, awesome. and a lot, lot more. Yeah, it's a good group of people. I really get a kick out of it. I think we've got about 1,600 members now, something like that. Holy
0: moly, that's a lot of people. That's fantastic. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of folks in there. We, we really look after folks and make sure they get a good experience and, and just have some good fun with them, you know? As long as, here's the thing, as long as people are making money yeah. on their Amazon store, they're happy, to stick, they're happy to stick around and be a part and parcel of the Aussie online entrepreneurs. The second that it doesn't work for them, then they're out of there. That's, we don't have a, a big kind of upfront investment to come and be in the Aussie online entrepreneurs. We don't do that. Uh, instead, what we say is you should take that money and you should invest it in stock for your store. Mm-hmm. That will give you a better education than anything, you know, anything else. Yeah. The process of getting started. Yeah. So what we do for you instead, we make it very, very reasonable for you to get involved with us. Mm-hmm. And then we give you this help, the support, the guidance, and the tips and strategies that you need to start selling on Amazon.
0: So is that more like a monthly or some kind of subscription model? Is that what you Exactly. That. It's a monthly, oh.
1: monthly subscription rather than a you know, $3,500, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Which
0: is like $5,000 Australian dollars. It's a lot of money. 5,
1: I mean, for me, as an entrepreneur, I don't know about you, but for me as an entrepreneur... I just think it's not spending that much money. I truly, truly do. Whilst I genuinely believe in the value of education, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't get that that's a good sum to invest. Just as an entrepreneur, it doesn't make any sense to me. So, yeah, we set things up differently. It's a monthly mm-hmm. subscription. It's like 77 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Makes, it really, makes it really cheap for people to get involved. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's no long-term contracts, no long-term commitments. That way, the emphasis and the responsibility lies with us to keep delivering on our promise. The second we don't, you're out of there, no harm done.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Uh, how do we get in touch with you?
1: Uh, AussieOnlineEntrepreneurs.com.au
0: That'll do. If we wanted to contact you directly, could we, can uh, audience. Uh, if you've
1: got a question for me, anything that we've talked about today, you want yep. to contact my directly, it's hello mm-hmm. at rawlocal.com.au and rawlocal is spelled R O A R. L-O-C-A-L.
0: Roll Fan. it. Fantastic. I'll pop it in today's show notes and all the other all the other goodies or any other links that I can think of, uh, perhaps even a link to Amazon India. Neil, I want to say massive thanks for spending a good sort of 30, 40 minutes with me and, and the audience, and, and it's just been amazing. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I really
1: appreciate having you, you having me on the show. I've actually learned some cool things too, which is always nice to do. I'm, I'm really oh. interested in at the Really,
0: thanks so much for that. All links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening.